0: Episode 197 of the White Cat Outdoors podcast, bringing you to the table while we talk about the outdoors. Thanks for joining us again. This is the final interview before we jump into hunting season and we start up our annual deer camp series. So last but not least, we have Frank Myers sitting at the table and we're interviewing him. This year is a big change for Frank. Instead of using the compound like he has been for years, he went back to the old stick and string recurve and he's got an absolute giant he's chasing this year so as if it isn't hard enough to kill a giant he's adding the recurve into the equation so we're gonna get into the mind of frank figure out what he's doing this year his plans maybe a couple little secrets if you'll let him let him loose but uh without further ado i'm gonna quit rambling and let's get tuned in to this week's episode
1: i got out of the truck
2: When I slammed the door, I heard gobbles all around me. Let's see it. Alaska moose spot and sock. That is the bucket list. I agree. (laughs)
1: What's up, gang? Uh, archery season started in part of Pennsylvania, and it's about to. St- by the time you're listening to this, we'll have been in the woods. Probably already have deer on the ground. Yeah, no doubt. So we're frigging. We'll have pumped. hunted PA and New York by the time you listen to this. Yeah. So we're excited, big time excited. Everyone's ready to get out in the woods and start putting the hammer down on some big bucks. So stay tuned for that. Can't wait. And that's the end of the episode. We'll see you guys later.
0: Yep. All right. You guys know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? That'd be wild. Short, <laughs> Short and sweet, Everyone Nikki. just logged off
2: and didn't hear what we had to say because they thought it was over.
0: I re- feel like they would get the joke. They would know.
1: There's no way they thought it was a 35-second podcast, Tom.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no chance.
2: Well, I am in the studio tonight. Yep, so am I. As am I. No AE tonight. <laughs> I know he's been a regular guest lately,
0: but... Yeah, it's almost hard to even call him a guest with how often he's been in here. Yeah, he's he's become it's like a, a, a co-host or something. Yeah, he is. He's on probation. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if you've been listening in order, the last two weeks uh, we've been doing some interviews with uh, Tommy Cat and myself. You know, just kind of going over our game plan, our goals, some tips and tricks. You know, if we're trying something new, that kind of thing. Um, and then there's one guy sitting at the table that hasn't been interviewed yet. And I have the first question. Oh, man. Oh, man. You're just Art. ready to dive right in. All right. Hammer it. So we all know, Frank's.
2: T- you've talked about it before. There's a buck you've been chasing, this wide one, mm-hmm. for a couple years now. Mm-hmm. And you only have, historically, the first week or two of bow season before he vacates the property and is MIA. Yeah. Are you going to kill him this year? <sighs> I don't know.
1: I, uh, I'm more confident this year than I have been ever. I... In years previous, I never felt like I was close to killing him. He's been around, but I've never felt like when I walked into the woods, I had a chance of killing him. This year, I definitely feel like I'm in the wheelhouse. I'm close.
2: Um, What have you done differently this year to put yourself in the wheelhouse?
1: It's just the several years of compiling information and knowing how he moves about the property in the first week and a half of the season before he leaves. And using that information, I am going to get reckless and I am either going to fuck it up or I'm going to kill him. So you're going into the bedroom. I'm walking,
0: I'm kicking his door down. I'm walking right in. So, what kind of, um, now you said you, for years you've been compiling information on this deer. Mm-hmm. What sort of like weather, um, factors are you hoping for or looking for this first week or two uh he kind of doesn't
1: move with certain wins he's just the first couple weeks or week and a half really i don't think i've ever seen him the second week um but he doesn't really move differently depending on wins he just kind of moves through the top half of our property like mm-hmm. it, it's tough to describe without having a map, but there's a couple jogs in the property and he spends time in like the top left corner of the property, the first like three, four days of the season. And then right before he leaves for the rest of the year, he comes down close to the field edges where it's been logged really heavy. Mm -hmm. And he hangs out right on the edge of some hemlocks, the logging in the fields, the last two days that he's there so day one I'm going deep into the property deep into the where it's logged um, and I'm gonna try to attack him there if that doesn't work then I'm going to back up to that transition area not really a transition it's just everything's right there close together mm-hmm. um that's where I'm gonna sp- if I don't kill him the first two days of the season in his first spot, I'm going to spend the rest of the time in the other spot. For up to
0: like week two, probably? Yes.
1: And then depending on what I'm seeing, if I have trail camera pictures, I may have to amend that if he changes up and decides to stay longer this year because... Because of that bait pile? Yeah, exactly. No, (laughs) like everyone knows that when deer get older, they shrink their home range. Yes. And... He goes about a mile away every year. So I'm hoping that this year with him getting older, that he stays a little bit tighter to the area that he's spending the summer.
2: So this is your, what, third year going after this the, buck? Yeah. And he was probably a three-year-old. The first year the I first had The first year. Her. Yeah. He very well could be a five- or a six-year-old buck. Yeah. So. He's,
1: he's a heck of a deer, and I'm very very much hoping to at least get eyes on him in the stand. You know, I, I will definitely be very pumped about that. I obviously want to kill him, but if I can see him while I'm in the stand with the bow, I will be very, very happy with that because so, I haven't gotten eyes on him when I was hunting. I've mm-hmm. seen him, you know, when I've been out scouting, but I've never put eyes on him while in the stand.
2: So as if you're a, regular listener you know that frank's going out with a recurve this year yeah making it real tough. pretty wild so let me give you a scenario you're hunting this buck Mm -hmm. okay you want this guy and you're up there and here comes a 115
0: 120 inch eight point he's dead okay he's for sure dead and is that i'm guessing because of how short of amount of time that that deer stays on your property that yeah it's just it's not worth missing that opportunity with a recurve
1: yeah especially because I had I have the recurve if I were hunting with my compound I would probably pass on a 120 knowing that that buck was there
0: in the first couple weeks yeah gotcha
1: yeah later in the season I would not
0: but with the recurve I'm I would hundred percent shoot that deer gotcha so my question is um you've had the same like stand stick set up for quite a few years now. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is your first year with the recurve. Um, is there any, obviously besides the recurve and stuff, is there any new gear or, um, yeah, basically new gear that you're planning to use this year to try and morph into this recurve style?
1: No, I've climbed a couple times just in the backyard and gone up and down and sat in the stand with the recurve and, Everything feels the same for me. Um, I might change up how I am in the tree depending on the specific tree, because I usually would uh, keep everything pretty tight around me as far as like anything that I would have to prune. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd just make sure I had room for my limbs to clear everything. Yeah. Now but, you're
0: you're working with a bow almost twice the size.
1: Yeah. Exactly. My bow's fifty five inches long now as opposed to thirty two. So it's a big difference in that aspect as far as space goes because that's something that i think gets overlooked a lot with people is that they don't pay attention to what is close to them and i've Mm -hmm. talked to a lot of people that have missed animals because they draw their bow and then when they shoot your limbs even parallel limbs expand a little bit Mm -hmm. and i've had people that aren't paying attention their stands a little too tight with what's around them and their limb hits something or their cam hits something when they're releasing their arrow. And that's obviously going to throw you way off and they miss stuff. I know a guy that did it with an elk before. Well, and... I
0: if I wasn't paying attention, I would have done it last year on a doe with mm. my camera arm. Yeah. I was at full draw and I looked down and my cam is basically touching the screen on my camera. Mm-hmm. And had I not glanced down and saw that, I'd have been doing the same thing. And mm-hmm. I would have been out a $1,000 camera. Yeah. <laughs> and probably a bow. Uh, you could have got repaired. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, usually,
1: smacking your limbs and cams off of stuff isn't isn't very good for it. No, or accuracy. <laughs> yeah. So that's definitely something that I'm going to have to pay attention to every time I climb. Mm-hmm. Is really making sure that I have the room to move that bow around. Um, but other than that, I don't see anything changing about my setup and how I'm approaching the stand with the bow.
2: Last year when you were hunting this buck, you did a lot of hunting from the ground. Mm-hmm. you going to do any more of that? Yes, I definitely plan to do a lot
1: more of that this year. Um, just because that property was logged so heavily, there's not a lot of trees to climb in the best spots that I want to hunt, and there's a lot of uprooted trees and tops and stuff that make it very, very easy to hunt from the ground and still be very concealed. So... I definitely plan to do that a lot more this year. And it's just, it's a lot more fun to
0: hunt on the ground. Yeah, it definitely gives you a different perspective. I've only done it a couple times and I've had deer within 10 yards at the ground Mm -hmm. and it's, it's different. Yeah. It's, it's totally different game.
2: Yeah. So have you done much like boots on the ground scouting for this buck this past off season? Uh, Not as
1: much as I have done in past years. Uh, I have spent this past several years, I spent a lot of time going in looking for him, and I have seen him during that scouting process. This year, I've been very minimal. I've gone over there a few times walking around. I haven't put eyes on him this year. I have pictures of him this year, but no sightings of him. Um, But... I kind of took the approach that I have a pretty good idea of what he's been doing the past several years, and it's always the same. So I don't want to give him another reason to want to leave this mm-hmm. year. So I've been trying to stay out as much as possible. I've, I still want to get in there and do my scouting before the season for you know any number of reasons that you go out scouting. But I w- haven't been trying to get in and find this deer this year because I've had so much experience with him in the past that I don't want to push him out any
0: more than he wants to leave already. Gotcha. So obviously number one goal is to put that deer on the ground. Yes, that is for sure. Number one. But being that you have your recurve this year and Tom had already brought up a scenario, um, what are your goals and expectations this year with this setup? Um, Beyond like that specific buck, because like, obviously mm-hmm. that's number one, yeah. but say two weeks into the season, it hasn't happened. What are your goals going into this year? My main goal is to kill a
1: deer with that bow. Um, buck or doe? Yeah, buck or doe. And I, I think that is way more than attainable. I think that's a pretty low end goal, mm-hmm. but I want to just start somewhere with it, get the confidence up. and
0: How many hunting arrows do you have? Six. Okay. I was just curious because I know um, I like watching a whitetail adrenaline and their guy hunts with a longbow Mm -hmm. and he's got a lot of arrows. Yeah. Uh, And I just wasn't sure if it was, because like I'm very comfortable with, you know, usually three arrows a year. Mm -hmm. It's all like hunting. Yeah. Um, That's all I would ever
1: carry with my compound is three.
0: So six with the recurve. Yes. Um,
1: I plan on carrying all six of them all the time. And I have two practice arrows that I've been... Mm -hmm. shooting, and then I have my six arrows
2: that are in the quiver to hunt with. So you've said that your goal is to kill a deer. Mm -hmm. Are you going to wait until the story with this wide buck ends, whether you kill him or he vacates the property before you try and shoot a doe?
1: (sighs) That will definitely be a situational thing. If I'm hunting on the ground and... Everything's perfect. It's the you know If it's the first day and I'm sitting on the ground and a doe comes walking up at five yards, I'll probably smoke her. Um, but you know, it's definitely going to come down to a game-time decision on how I'm feeling. I would like to say I'm going to wait until I kind of
2: wrap that story up. Because, I mean, we all have spots that are slammed I, up. I always say it's like going to the store and buying a gallon of milk. If yeah. you want to go shoot a doe, you mm-hmm. go to this stand. Yeah, go get your doe.
0: Yeah, but I mean, at the same time, I don't think shooting a doe will hurt your hunt as bad as some people may think. Mm-hmm. Um, more than once, I've shot deer and had more deer in front of me within 10 minutes or, yeah. or, or less. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I For one of my first uh, good bucks I killed with my bow, um, it was standing with another buck, mm-hmm. and I shot him. The other buck stayed around for another half hour. So I don't really think you know, shooting a doe and just letting it lie for the rest of your morning hunt, like mm-hmm. you're saying, first first morning, um, I don't know that it'll really screw you up as bad mm-hmm. as some people may think. You know, I think, you know, shoot that arrow or, sh- yeah, shoot that doe. You know, see if you got good blood, if you can find your arrow, and then I just sit tight, mm-hmm. you know, and wait it out until, until you're going to finish your hunt anyways.
1: Yeah, exactly. So that's why I say it's definitely going to be a situational thing on what I – end up doing with that. If, Mm -hmm. if my heart gets pumping and I'm excited with whatever deer standing in front of me, even if I know that I still have a shot at that buck, I'm going to take the opportunity to achieve one of my goals for the year Mm -hmm. on a doe and try
0: to kill it. (laughs) So another question, um, you've said in the past, and I don't know if you said it on here, but you're not interested in shooting another bear. Mm-hmm. um the spot or one of the areas that you really like to hunt at the headquarters yeah the bear's back mm-hmm. you have a recurve still not D- doing does it. not change it you wouldn't don't,
1: don't want to shoot a bear even with the recurve okay even with the recurve i shot one i don't want to
0: kill another one okay that was just something i was curious about mainly because confirmed within the last few days he's he's back yeah tom was um, showing me pictures right so, when I got here I guess, I can't say he's back. We just have another bear. Yeah. Um. It's that property consistently has bear, which I mm. absolutely love. Yeah, that is um, very nice. So I, all right. I was just curious on that if the recurve changed that thought. Nope. Definitely changes my thought on the
2: deer that I will kill, but mm-hmm. still don't want a bear. So let's we've we've been hitting archery hard. Let's
0: move away from archery. Gun season rolls around. We haven't done. Nobody talked gun season <sighs> for either of our interviews. <laughs> well, Tom's asking
2: the questions here. Yeah, so. did you have? You didn't have another question lined up. I'm no. going through my list of questions I had all put right, together. All right, all right. How does your goals change? Let's ju- let's just say, archery season passes. You still have a buck tag, which you probably won't. But yeah. we're just hypothetically, hypothetically here. What what switches for you on come opening day a gun? At this moment, I'm thinking that
1: if I have not killed a deer with the recurve, I may take the recurve out and keep hunting with the bow just because I really, really want to kill something with it. Mostly because my dad killed two deer the first year he hunted with the recurve and I want to be able to talk shit and say... You got three? Yeah, I just want
2: to do it better, so... So, what about this? I would have to check the reg book, but I don't know. Are you allowed to take a bow and a rifle?
0: I don't think you're allowed two weapons.
2: You, I don't know, because a couple years ago, you
1: used to not be allowed to have a bow and a muzzle loader at the same time. But you because, are now. Because, like, seasons overlapped with bear and deer, and you weren't allowed to have two weapons. Now you are allowed to do that with those overlapping seasons, but I don't know what the regulation is for hunting during one season and carrying two guns for the same season. I'm not,
2: or two weapons. Couldn't your bow just be your sidearm? Yeah, I don't know.
0: I'd have
1: to look into that. If
2: I was in that situation and I brought my recurve out and then, you know, that wide buck shows back up on the farm at like 95 yards away. Yeah. I'd be like, boy, sure could use a rifle. Wish I brought my rifle today. Yeah. Yeah. But and, if you if you were allowed to have it with you, yeah, you know, yeah. So that's something I'll have to look into. And but I then prob- also, if you have your rifle with you, you,
1: might just use it. Yeah, that that might be something that would deter me from. And honestly, if there was something in range for the Reeker, I wouldn't reach for the rifle. I know how I am, so I I know I wouldn't do that. But I might. And I probably won't hunt with the recurving rifle because I'm anticipating killing something. Um, but we'll see. As of right now, I want to say that I'm going to have a deer down with the bow, so I won't have to worry about it. And then and then, rifle season is just a good time for me. I'm just there. I, I like to just go walk for people. I like to go get deer moving. Not the first day. You know, that's a sit all day kind of day for me. But after that, I'll go, anybody that's still got tags, I'll go wander around if you want me to. I'll try to kick a deer up to you. you know, I'm, During mm-hmm. rifle season, I want to be mobile. I want to be walking around. I don't want to sit still and be cold. I, I like to get up and kind of slowly work my way through properties. And even if I'm not pushing for somebody, I don't like yeah. to just sit in one spot and wait for something to happen. I like to go
2: make it happen. No, I like, like a good still hunt. Yeah, yeah. it's a good time. Because I think a lot of the times come rifle season, after you know the Orange Brigades came in and scattered everything about, a lot of them deer are just hunkering down in their bed mm-hmm. until a it gets dark or b they get bumped. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think I don't know. They, I've I've still hunted up in New York, and I've walked up on does that I could have shot, mm-hmm. but I was by myself and
0: didn't really want all the hassle of. Gutting and dragging a deer alone for a doe. Yeah. So. I'm gonna ask this one in honor of Austin because he's not here, and I know he would he would ask. Um, take us a, on a little journey through your scent regiment for archery season. Pay attention to the wind, and that is all I do. I don't. I knew that answer, but yeah, you know, I knew Austin. Austin's trying to sell us on some products. And yeah. You still shower with your
2: scented whatnot scented shampoo and scented body wash? No, I don't do... I
1: don't, like, go crazy. And, like, I, I mostly just... I don't even use, like, any sort of scented soaps for the most part. I will, like... If you're going if on a date... Yeah, if I'm going out doing something, then I'll... a little I'll, juice on. I'll get cleaned up real nice. But for the most part, I just kind of rinse myself off, and I'm good to go. But... Yeah, I don't get the, I don't wash my clothes at all. I Whatever I start the season in, that's what I, I wear... Pretty yeah. much every day, and finish the season with. Um, but yeah, that's all I do. And like my big thing with that, like I, I was never really into crazy scent control and all the different sprays and dumb shit that they Somet- have. I
0: will admit, I throw sp- sometimes. I use the sprays just because it puts me in the mindset of I'm going deer hunting. Yeah, like I I know for whatever we have a bottle of it at camp mm-hmm. and. of the time, I don't use it. But Mm -hmm. every once in a while, you step out of camp, and it's like, hey, spray me down, will you? Like, it's something about I'm going hunting. I don't know what it is. I know that it doesn't do anything for me. Yeah. But what really kicked me off of all of that stuff and just
1: paying attention to the wind is up in Alaska, you're covered in gas 100% of the time. Mm Mm-hmm. Because you're in a boat all the time. You're, every morning you go and fill that boat up with gas. And you're using either a siphon hose or you're dumping a 15-gallon jug. There's no way you're not getting it on yourself. You're not getting it on your boots, on your hands, on your clothes. You are covered in gas all the time. And gas is pretty strong smell. So if you pay attention to the wind and they're not smelling gas, you're fine. So mm-hmm. that's what really flipped the switch for me that you don't have to do all that other dumb shit to hide your scent. Just pay attention to the wind and you'll be fine.
0: Yeah, I mean like I don't I don't douse myself in gas when I go to yeah, the Yeah, I'm not but, saying you should but be no, doing it. Yeah, that, I'm just but, saying like I don't I don't do anything to like add scent. To the mm-hmm. equation. Yes. But I will be perfectly honest. I don't do a whole lot to prevent it either. Yes. Um, and like
1: you said last week, you leave work and go straight to the woods. I do the yeah. same thing. I wear the pants and the boots that I was wearing at work and I pay attention to the wind and I'm fine. I've been I, winded very, very few times. And it's usually just because I'm in a, a certain
0: spot and the wind swirls mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah, I'm. I'm not going to sit here and say I've never been winded. I I, yeah. I know I've been winded. Mm-hmm. Um, you spend enough time in the woods, you're going to get winded. Yeah, unless you're one person, but <laughs> what's his uh, name? I, ever, um, it's better yeah. we don't bring it up. <laughs> Everybody, if, if anybody that like pays attention knows exactly who I'm talking about. Um, guy kills great deer, but
2: he's got quite the regimen. Um, One quick question. Does he pay attention to the wind at all?
0: No, not at all. Hmm.
2: Hmm.
1: Interesting take.
2: It is. Anyway. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) So So obviously no uh, ozonics in your bag of tricks when you're going out in the woods. But what what is in that bag of tricks? Uh, Pretty much all I carry with me is
1: a grunt tube and a bleak can. Range finder? Oh, yeah. I, yeah. Got to have the range finder. Um, I range find stuff very, very religiously. Every time I get in the stand, I will range spots in 100 or 360 degrees all the way around me. I'll range every spot that I think I could shoot, or I'll hit different trees at you know, 10, 15, 20, 25. And see where everything is and know what my circle is that I'm going to shoot. And no matter where a deer is in that circle, I have waypoints to say, okay, he's 18 yards right there. He's 22 yards right there. Every time I get in the stand, even if it's a stand that I've hunted, hunted 100 times, I'm still going to range those spots. And then I will draw my bow on those spots every single time I get in the stand. But other than my two calls, rangefinder. that's really all I have. You when a binos does, guy? Eh, sometimes, not really, because I usually hunt in places where I can't really see much more than 50 yards mm-hmm. in archery season anyway. If you can't tell if it's a shooter inside of 50 yards, then yeah. it's probably not a shooter. Yeah, exactly. If I'm hunting a field, then yes, I will have my binos. Uh, during rifle season, I have my binos because my setups are usually. It's like using my scope. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> that's, that's the kidding. safest way to just do kidding. it. Just <laughs> kidding. <laughs> but yeah, for the most part, I don't have binos with me just because I don't need them. Uh, mm. If I if I am going into a, a spot that I can see a little bit farther, I will bring them, even if it's a spot that. I can see like into tops for a ways, like how that property that I hunt had been logged so hard. I will bring the binos just because I'll try to pick stuff out in the tops that you can't see with the naked eye, but if you blow it up 10 times, you can pick a deer out that's 100 yards away that you wouldn't have seen otherwise. It's not like it's out in the open that you can clearly see it, Mm -hmm. but once you pick it out with your binos, you can... Pay attention to it. Figure out what it's doing. Either move on it, or yeah, just know you don't have that. There's something there that you don't want to blow your cover to.
0: Yeah.
2: My uh, my final question for the evening is uh, that grunt tube. When when do you break that out and how? I I'm
1: pretty sparing. Or, I'm like I'm right in between you and Nick. You never shut up. Nick hardly talks at all. I'm right in the middle. If uh, if it's getting close to the rut. I'll break it out. I'll make some noise here and there. Even if there's nothing going on, I'll do a little sequence. I'll do some grunting and some bleeding together a couple minutes apart. Um, But for the most part, I don't go crazy with it. If there is, I have turned deer that we're moving through and I'll make some noise and bring them back in. Um, And seeing that sort of, Reaction has got me to use it a little bit more because even if you don't see that deer, he can hear you. So I use it more than Nick does, but I don't go crazy like you do.
2: My favorite, I like, rarely, honestly, do I call when the deer is like close. Because close. the way I look, I, I like to blind call because mm-hmm. if, you know, your blind call, a deer could hear it from 200 yards away. Yeah, They're not going to be able to pinpoint exactly where that noise came from they i mean they're, they're going to get close yeah but they're not going to be looking at your tree yeah um so it's going to bring them in if if they decide to come and investigate it's going to bring them into where you know you can get a shot or at least a visual if that deer's in 50, inside 50 yards and you can see him and you grunt at him, he's going to have you pegged yeah so and he's going to look over and he's going to say that came from right there why isn't there a buck standing there? Mm-hmm. And then they get a little bit weary and then they give you the middle hoof and
0: peace out. Peace out. Yeah, yeah. that makes a lot of sense. We yeah, got one final question for you. And it's do a two-parter. Pay- no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a question that we've I've been asked, Tom was asked, so hopefully you're prepared. Um, but somebody decided this year this is going to be their first year getting into hunting. Mm-hmm. What advice do you have for them?
1: talk to literally everybody everyone you know that spends time in the woods talk to them about anything whether they're a diehard archery hunter if they're a diehard rifle guy if they're just a first day kind of hunter you know anybody that you can talk to whether you agree with what they say or not talk to them get their perspective on things because whether you think it's good knowledge or not it's still knowledge that you can put into your arsenal then when you're out in the woods and see something similar happen you aren't 100% clueless you have knowledge that you gain from somebody else on how they treated the situation Mm -hmm. and how you can go about it like go on forums go on Facebook and take what you read and stuff online with a grain of salt because sometimes people are idiots but
2: i will say i I tell you what i know that we are a outdoor page (laughs) but i am about sick of the outdoor pages on facebook (laughs) it is like right i don't know why but right now it's nothing of but people posting pictures of bucks saying what do you think this scores and then it's just this big argument of a bunch of people Mm -hmm. saying
0: 135 that buck don't break 90 yeah like, <laughs> what are we doing here <laughs> well, I'll give it a week and it's just going to be a bunch of pictures of fletchings oh, and yeah. asking is this yeah. deer how did dead? I hit this deer um, but I guess on that topic of forums and different things mm-hmm. um, I think Facebook is one of the worst places you can go Yeah. Um, just because there I,
1: are so many people that are like how Tom was yes. just describing um,
0: I will admit a forum I found probably three or four years ago that I really enjoy that that attitude is pretty minimal. Um, and it's the hunting beast forum. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's just the HuntingBeast.com. you have to create an account and um, which I know you have to create a Facebook account, but like, this is the only thing on this website mm-hmm. is that forum. So like the people that are creating accounts typically are serious about it. Yeah, they're, they're not real hunters. They're not, it's just... not just like coming through somebody's newsfeed and they're just like sitting there sipping, you know, Southern comfort and, Trying to Talk piss somebody shit. off. Yeah. Yeah. So like I've seen a lot of good information in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the, I would say there's twice the information, good information in that forum than you will see on Facebook. Yeah. Because like I I feel like the Facebook forums and groups there, I it's almost just entertainment for me because mm-hmm. it, it's hysterical. Yeah. I mean, I see guys talking, I mean, literally today about, you know, I'm ready for a new bow. What do you guys, you know, I need some opinions on different bows, and they're like, you know, between the V3X and the VXR. It's the same freaking bow. Yeah, like, that
1: and it's fucking two days before the season. How about yeah. you just shoot what you have, yeah, and right. why would you change it as the season is starting?
2: I seen this one the other day. This guy claims he hit, it was probably a half-dollar-sized bullseye at 40 yards. Um, he Robin Hooded two arrows. and So there's three arrows? No. No. He, he Robin Hooded two arrows. There was two arrows stuck together. Okay. I thought
0: you meant like he Field Robin Hooded. Field point inside a knock. Yeah.
2: And they were in the bullseye, but they were in like the top left corner, like right on the edge of the bullseye. 40 yards, like a half dollar. Mm-hmm. And his caption was, I think I'm ready for opening day. And you got people telling him that he needs to make adjustments. I'm like, he's three quarters of an inch off of the center. At 40, 40 yards. At 40 yards. And he Robin
0: Hooded it. I are you fine. sure that people weren't being sarcastic yes okay positive
1: there are definitely people that would say that like oh no i'd be i'd I be shafting them at 80 dead center of the bowl like people are dumb that's why i said you got to talk to everybody but be careful about take into consideration where your information is coming from i would say talk to old timers yeah it, talk to old people talk to young people talk to people that have are also just getting into it. Like Mm -hmm. talk to everybody you can because all knowledge is valuable knowledge. And
0: and I think a good representation of that is we have three people sitting at this table. We all do fairly well. Mm -hmm. Um, We all have three different ways we do things. Yeah. So if that tells you anything is that that there's not one way to do it. Yeah. And we grew up hunting together, hunting the same styles
1: and we have all molded those styles into our own thing. and, have different preferences
0: and different ways of doing things and approaching certain situations. Yeah, basically, something works for you, and you're going to gravitate towards that again. Yeah, um, and that—that's just
1: yeah. The and that's three people that grew up together doing the same thing, hunting in the same woods. You take <laughs> you take somebody that has 100 percent different experience, has nothing to do with us. They're going to have a very wildly differing opinion than we do. So mm. every opinion is a valid opinion. Yeah because it helps you find kind of the direction you want to get going. And even if it's a direction you don't want to go, now you know that's not the direction you want to go. It's all information that is very valid and helps you read situations in the woods. So anytime you can listen to somebody tell a story about hunting, sit down and listen. Yeah. If nothing else, for the entertainment value.
0: Yeah, like you listen to us. Yeah. Well, Frank, I appreciate you sitting down and doing this last series or Mm -hmm. episode of this little mini series. Um, I'm so jacked. Deer Camp
1: Series starts next week.
0: Yeah, hopefully it'll be one of us three, but we've got some friends that have already put some studs on the ground, so it's going to be a fun year. We're all excited. We hope you guys are excited. So this Saturday, if you haven't already, make sure you guys are getting outside.